today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Just talking about uh, the silly season, the selection season, uh, with elections today in Saskatchewan. There was one in BC over the weekend, one in New Brunswick a week or so ago. Uh, oh, by the way, there's one south of the border here too. The U.S. presidential election and all other offices too uh, takes place a week from tomorrow. And uh, to suggest it's been a crazy election, I think it would be a master understatement. And uh, it may not be over even after November 3rd. Uh, yesterday on uh, the West Block on Global News, uh, Mercedes Stevenson, the host of the West Block, uh, had former White House National Security Advisor John Bolton on the program. And Bolton said he expects that uh, things could get messy. If uh, the, the, Trump, the president should lose the election, if Trump should go down to defeat in some way, shape, or form after this election, uh, he will not go quietly into that good night. He says he could actually stir up an awful lot of problem and do anything, including uh, initiating some chaos just to hold on to power. Sir, you've stated that you don't believe President Trump will leave graciously from office if he loses the election. And there's a very real possibility of that happening. As someone who had daily access to Donald Trump and to U.S. national security, how do you foresee this unfolding if the president won't leave graciously, as you're putting it? Well, I think uh, a lot depends on how quickly the outcome becomes known, uh, whether there are delays in counting because of mail-in ballots and early voting, long lines on election day, a lot, a lot of which we should be able to handle, uh, but which could delay the uh, result in several states. Uh, Trump has said uh, he can't lose unless there's fraud. And that's a very troubling statement. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not as alarmist as some people. I don't assume he's going to hold on to his desk and refuse to leave. But I do think there could be turmoil uh, if he thinks confusion and chaos uh, can help him hang on, can help affect recounts and contests. Uh, I think there's every prospect he'll engage in. Well, is John Bolton right? Let's uh, talk about this. Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University, uh, joins us on the Bill Keller Show. Elliot, welcome to the program. Good to have you back again. Good morning, Bill. Is, is Bolton bang on here? Well, Bolton is uh, articulating what a lot of people have been saying for a while, although it has not come sharply enough into focus. And now, you know, eight days out, it's time to bring it into focus. Yes, there's uh, the possibility, and you and I, I think, have talked about it in the past. Donald Trump really has a plan A and a plan B. His plan A is to win outright. He plans to win this election, and through the Electoral College, he's going to get enough votes just like he did last time and surprise everybody. And there's a possibility of that. Uh, we could talk more about it. Mm-hmm. But plan B is to draw uh, so much um, question over the, the fairness of, and the legitimacy of the vote that, yes, the tactical encouragement of chaotic situations is certainly part of a, of, of a plan. That is, you first say that, yes, all these mail-in ballots and all that, it's, it's, there's an illegitimacy to the vote. And we have to do something about it. Then you add a quantum of, um, of actual violence or perceived violence or violence uh, really on the edge where groups confront each other. And remember, he's been calling for his people to come and monitor the polls while he's speaking of people showing up wearing camouflage fatigues and carrying weapons mm-hmm. uh, to, to so voter intimidation is there. there there's certainly an undercurrent of violence there but it's tactical uh, it would it would enforce the possibility that this could end up then in the courts and the courts uh, 
uh, would the courts or could either give it to him or throw it back into a Congress to the U.S. Congress where he thinks he could win it. So there is a tactical uh, utility to the perception that maybe there will be violence, and indeed there might be violence, as part of a path back to power. I know we're getting deep into the weeds about constitutional yes. items here, but I, I want to get your read on some of this stuff, because uh, Trump has made no bones about the fact, he's, you're right, he said if he loses, he, this should be decided by the court. Well, he means the Supreme Court, and of course his, his latest appointee is going to be uh, sworn in in just a couple of days, and she could be the swing vote in this situation. So he's he's playing his cards right now, figuring if I lose, I'm not going to lose, because the court's going to overrule this, because they're all my buddies. Well, most of them, anyway. Yes, six to three. <laughs> yeah. And uh, three, three are those, you know, he's now had the, you know, people say, well, what can possibly change this, uh, the course of the election and so forth. And one of the things that is very hard to talk about, Bill, but it's the question of luck. Remember last time he, in effect, benefited not only from foreign interference and a number of other things and the unpopularity and bad timing of the uh, Hillary campaign, but... You know, he just got lucky. You know, people say the equivalent of drawing to an inside straight, you know, whatever that means in poker terms. So, <laughs> so yes, luck can play a factor, and it's very hard to, to say that his luck has run out. He's but got it's three it, appointees in his term yeah. uh, to the Supreme Court, and he has reason to believe that they will indeed give him the election if it gets up to them. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm just you know trying to pull a few things I've heard from a number of the experts that have been on all the networks over the last couple of weeks. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right. If there's going to be some controversy about this, uh, my understanding is uh, that it's the state legislatures that, that will actually determine whether or not the election was run properly in their state. It's not going to be the U.S. Congress. Uh, and the state legislatures, many of them anyway, well, let's face it, when you look at that map of the red and the blue, the red right. being where the, the Republicans own, uh, they have the majority. So if they just decide we want our guy back in, I mean, things could get pretty ugly here, notwithstanding what the vote might have said. Yes, I've, uh, as you say, you can get into the weeds pretty quickly here, but keep in mind that the U.S. Does not, is not a direct democracy. We know that. The Electoral College determines that we know that... Um, I guess four out of the last five Republicans uh, who have taken office have done so without having a majority of the popular vote. So the winner does not take all in the U.S. There's 50 state-level elections, not one national election, and those 50 state elections in turn actually devolve down to the counties in many cases. So there's mm -hmm. really thousands of elections, but 50 state elections are held to choose an electoral college, which then chooses the president, and theoretically... However, the state votes, the electoral votes for that state has to go, has to go by law under most states uh, to the winning candidate, the winning party, actually. And uh, that has to be certified by the governors. But if sufficient doubt can be cast on the legitimacy of the vote itself and the amount of uh, mail-in balloting, we could talk about that, but it's just astounding. Uh, the, there's a huge increase in the total number of people voting and a huge increase in the number of those who are now voting by mail and absentee ballots and the president is saying they're they're, they're illegitimate if you, don't, if you don't count them on november 3rd by november 4th or 5th none of the rest should actually be counted then the possibility comes that state governors can say yes and this has been um, there's, there's a top flight reporter who's been interviewing 
Republicans on this, and then there's academics and others who are following it up. But yes, the state governors can say, we know there's an electoral slate chosen, but it's so illegitimate, we have to exercise our, our duty and appoint a whole new electoral slate pledged to Donald Trump. So that, I mean, that's the kind of scenario uh, we're talking about eight days out from the election in America. If they decide, if Trump decides to throw himself at the mercy of the Supreme Court, I mean, does he have to prove fraud? Uh, I mean, all it takes, as you're right, is one or two governors to say, yeah, it was it was a total screw-up here. There's something bad happened. But is it, is it up to Chief Justice Roberts to determine whether or not the court is even going to hear that? Yes, the, the, it's an interesting detail. Uh, the court does not accept just any old case, but uh, it's highly likely that this court would <laughs> Chief, this is no longer the Roberts Court. This is a side yeah. note, but this is no longer the Roberts Court. Every now and then, he will intervene and vote with the uh, with the liberal wing in order to maintain the viability of the court, the institutional reputation of the court. It it doesn't matter. He can do that and still end up being outvoted by uh, by the new appointees put on by Donald Trump, who who expects them to support him. So once the question is raised, any question is raised that can make its way into the court, Donald Trump fully expects that these appointees of his, plus the earlier ones, remember, <laughs> uh, this is a side thing, but you know, people are appointed for life there. And mm-hmm. there's people who have been on for 30 years, uh, who and, and Amy Coney, Coney Barrett is going to be on when my, my young grandchildren have children. So the, uh, this court has people on it who are very uh, willing, as we've seen in the past, to support what is likely to come before them in terms of tossing this to the, to the Republicans. Yeah, and uh, we just don't know whether or not that's going to happen. I mean, you know, uh, ju- Roberts, of course, the chief justice, is a small-c conservative. We all know that, uh, reported by the Republicans. Uh, but he seems to be a, a, a staunch constitutionalist. I mean, he, he, he likes the, the, the pillars of government there, and I'm not so sure he'd just uh, play along with what some of these other two. Because well, we, all know, we all know, Elliot, that anybody that Trump appoints to anything, whether it's FBI director or where else, he demands personal loyalty. Uh, so I got to figure that Brett Kavanaugh and the new one who's going to be appointed today uh, are, are going to be of that ilk. I know that, you know, technically, and John Roberts has always said, you put the law ahead of any political partisanship, but that's not always the case. I mean, we, don't, we shouldn't be naive about this. Well, he's, rather than a constitutionalist, he is an institutionalist, I would say. Yeah. Uh, they all say they're constitutionalist and originalist, but this becomes, as we've seen in the past, uh, you can gut the Voting Rights Act. You can say gerrymandering doesn't matter to us. You can, you can do a lot of things on, on the basis of originalism. No, we don't know actually how people will vote. We know that Donald Trump, however, believes that they will uh, give him the presidency if it gets to that level. I've got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, you watched the Leslie Stahl interview, I assume, on 60 Minutes. No, I'm afraid I've only heard about it and read about it. Oh, well, you've got to see it. It's, uh, I mean, there are various clips of it, I guess, that you can catch on any one of the, uh, the websites, I guess. He does not act like he's a guy who thinks he's winning. Um, there's been a lot of uh, comment on that. Since we only have a few minutes, I, I think there's really three things that ought to be determining this election right now, or ought to be the conversation about the election. One is that this is a COVID pandemic. The U.S. is has a situation where this plague is out of control, and now the, the chief of staff to the president says, we don't expect to beat it. 
we expect to live with it. Uh, basically, we surrender, as Kamala Harris said. And yeah. The second thing is that the Black Lives Matter movement is a movement for social justice, and it's all across America. It's a, it's a reckoning moment. And the third is these militias that, uh, and that comes back to the question we, we started with, these militias are, are real. Uh, the, the, what we should be talking about is there was an advanced plot to kidnap and then uh, kill the governor of, of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you know, oh, there's just a handful of people. But actually, there's, you know, a thousand members of that militia in Michigan, various militias. So the whole question of the role of violence and the role of militias and the possibility that there's now going to be a clash between people on opposing sides because uh, groups are armed. The U.S. is full of arms. So the possibility of violence in America because of this election is still very much, uh, I think, on the table. Well, and the other ally that we haven't talked about who's played a key role yes. in, in a lot of the stuff, of course, is uh, the Attorney General, uh, who controlled Bill Barr, who controls the whole Justice Department, including the FBI. Uh, and, and you don't know what he's got up his sleeve, too. I mean, you know, it, it'd be mm. not surprising to anybody if he declared the election to be, uh, if, you know, invalid for whatever reason. Yes. I, I, he yes, doesn't yes. even need a reason for the, the way he's acted over the last little That's while. Correct. And, and, uh, the president said, you know, he's unhappy with Barr because he's not actually prosecuting people. But, but Barr is clearly a, a core member of the committee to reelect the president in this regard. So I, but there's another friend, don't forget, is external interference. And that certainly has been a factor in the past. It's likely to be a factor in this election, although we don't know in what way. But uh, a little help from your friends or enemies of America or enemies of democracy is going to be part of this electoral story. Well, that was bizarre, that whole thing they did last week about, you know, announcing that, uh, that they've discovered. First of all, the guy that did it, uh, it should have been the FBI director that was up there, and it wasn't. Uh, he's a, he's a Trump appointee, and he twisted the whole thing around. Uh, even though they know that, uh, that the, the hack was actually directed at the Democratic voters, uh, but he says it was to try to hurt da- Donald Trump. They were intimidating Democratic voters, and he says it was to hurt Trump. I mean, how twisted is that logic? Well, the concern here is that, um, he is a political appointee, and he sits at the apex of all of the intelligence agencies. He speaks for them. Uh, I think there's something of 17 of them in America. So when, when he speaks, he's speaking on behalf of the intelligence community. And when he... Theoretically. Well, when his words become suspicious uh, that they are partisan, that's part of the total weakening of trust in the nature of governance in America, and that's really the biggest story of all, is the, is the decline in trust in governance in America, and the role of foreign interference as part of that, and what's going to happen to America no matter which way this election comes out. The deconstruction of trust is, is uh, just a deep and, and um, uh, scarring factor for the American democracy to our South. It's not going to be solved by the election, but the nature of the outcome will affect how it's expressed much more to talk about uh, but we've got a week so i'm sure we'll pick up and carry on this conversation in the next couple of days late. always a pleasure thank you so much for the time today I'll call anytime it's if these are uh, these are fascinating times it's good to talk about them it sure is thanks again elliot elliot tepper of course uh, from carlton university the bill kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 chml